None of them would have had that gift if they had not held on to it long enough. None of them would have realized the value of what was passed on to them unless they held on and did not toss it out or forget about it or by carelessness let it decay. The gospel treasure is something to be held on and valued. It brings us something far more glorious. I hear the Savior calling The gospel comes to me The following is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona, reaching out with rock solid hope in Rim Country. 2 Thessalonians 2, 13-17 January 17, 2021 In 1705, a doll maker finished making a doll house with a doll set. And a family in London ended up buying that doll house and giving it to their daughter. Their daughter treasured that doll house and kept it safe and held on to it. In fact, it was passed on from generation to generation, hundreds of years. In 1840, a woman living in Southwest America, a Navajo, was making a woven blanket. That blanket was bought by a tradesman and passed on to a husband and wife who used it to keep warm on cold nights. In 1900, there was a father who bought one of the first official packs of baseball cards and gave it to his son. His son treasured it and held on to it. That too was passed on to his son and further to his son treasure passed on from generation to generation. What sort of things have you had passed on to you as a treasure, or maybe you have passed on to others? Well, this morning we see how the Apostle Paul tells us to pass on to what was given to us. But he's not talking about dollhouses or blankets or cards. He's talking about the greatest treasure that we have, the gift of faith and the gospel. How is that done? How do we pass it on? Well, this morning we continue our series looking at the servant of the Lord is called. And we'll see how Paul writes here in 2 Thessalonians chapter, chapter 2, how the gospel is to be passed on. As servants of the Lord, we are to hold on to scripture and the gift of the gospel. The Thessalonian Christians certainly had received a, a great gift, one which Paul and Silas and Timothy, as they write, are thankful for. The Thessalonian Christians had been brought from idol worship to worshiping the true God, brought from destruction, condemnation, death, and judgment to serving the living God and also enjoying the gifts of glory brought by the living God for them. All this was a gift. Paul says, as he writes here in this section, starting in chapter 2 of 2 Thessalonians, but we are always obligated to thank God for you, brothers. Notice Paul acknowledges this is a gift of God, that the believers in Thessalonica trust in the Lord. Paul doesn't say, we're so thankful that you believed our message. No, he says, we are always obligated to thank God for you, brothers, loved by the Lord, because God chose you. The Thessalonian Christians couldn't claim they had chosen God, but recognized the gift of salvation 
which God chose for them and which he gave to them. Salvation is a gift. You know, it's not always presented that way or thought of that way, but really, for all people, salvation is a gift. Just as Paul would say of the Thessalonians, we are obligated to thank God for you, brothers loved by the Lord, because God chose you. So every believer needs to say, God chose me from the beginning for salvation. Before the Thessalonians could ever turn from idol worship or choose God, God had already chosen them, it says, from the beginning for salvation. Before the world began, God chose them to be his own. And they could not take credit. God chose you for salvation by the sanctifying work of the Spirit and faith in the truth. Faith was not something that they had worked by their own intellect or by their own witty understanding of the world and the situation around them. It's something that none of us can by nature. You see, we could not choose God by nature. As the scriptures declare, we are born spiritually blind and dead and enemies of God, working out only evil. In fact, the scriptures declare that the sinful mind is hostile to God. It cannot submit to God's law. Those who are in the sinful flesh cannot please God. And that's why we must give thanks to God because of his choosing and his calling and grace. We ought to thank God for you, brothers, loved by the Lord, because God chose you from the beginning for salvation by the sanctifying work of the Spirit and faith in the truth. Because God chose the Thessalonian believers, the Holy Spirit worked to set them apart from the unbelieving world and to give them faith in the truth. And God's choosing led to the working of God to bring them to faith. Yes, uh, it's true that many Christians will claim that they chose God or that they chose the right path. And I wouldn't contend that they're not Christians on the basis merely of that statement. But I would rather join with Paul and Silas and Timothy in taking the focus off of human self in conversion and putting the focus on God and his calling and the work of his spirit. And because believers are called, he says, for this reason God called you through our gospel so that you would obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. God chose them and by his spirit he set them apart and God called them. To faith. The gift of conversion of, of faith is a calling from God given by his spirit and through the gospel. Yes, Paul was in, involved in the sense that he shared the gospel with the Thessalonian believers, but it's the power of the gospel and the working of the spirit that carried out God's choosing and his calling. We are called into God's kingdom through his gospel. And by the work of his spirit, he creates faith and turns hearts to him. And the end result, it says, called you through our gospel so that you would obtain the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. God's choosing and God's calling through his gospel and by the working of his spirit brought the Thessalonian believers from certain death and destruction and condemnation into his kingdom and to obtain glory 
the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have, brothers and sisters, been called by God, and we have been brought glory along with Jesus, and we will be brought into glory everlasting through the gospel which we hold to. It's a tremendous gift. You know, sometimes we don't see the value of the gift of faith. But the gift of faith is the means which God chose for us to receive his glory. And that faith was received as something was passed on to us. It says here, So then, brothers, stand firm and hold on to the teachings that were passed on to you, either by word of mouth or by letter from us. The gospel is so abundant in the life of Christians today that it can be easy for us to lose sight of what a treasure has been passed on to us. But it was passed on, maybe not by letter or word of mouth, but by many other ways today. As Christian pastors, mentors, parents pass on the gospel in person, by email, by phone, by video chat, the gospel is passed on as a precious gift. And so what do we do with it? With this gift, we have salvation. Let's make clear first what the gospel is. Paul says, through our gospel. The gospel Paul shared in which the people of Thessalonica received and which you have received is the message of our Lord Jesus Christ and the glory he won for us. First off, to understand the gospel, we have to understand the choice that was made by the first people. Adam and Eve did have a choice. But instead of choosing to serve and obey God, they chose to turn towards wickedness, rebellion, and evil. And because of that, all of us are born with a sinful heart and flesh which cannot choose God. And the glory that was lost by Adam and Eve affected all of us. We are doomed to death and condemnation. But God chose us. The gospel is that in grace and mercy, he chose to give us his glory. And so because of that, Jesus, who is called the Chosen One, did what none of us ever could have. Maybe you're familiar with that title, the Christ or Anointed and Chosen One. There's a popular TV series right now that's going by that title, Chosen One. Christ was chosen to bring us glory. As he laid aside all of his glory, and came to this world, the Son of God, Jesus, our Lord, himself took our place. And he chose to set aside all that glory and take upon himself our death and our curse for all the times that we rejected God and chose evil. And because of that, we know the good news is we will obtain glory. And as sure as our Lord Jesus rose back to life and lives again, we know that we obtain glory through that gospel truth as we trust in him. That's what God's choosing has done for us. He chose us. He carried out our salvation. And the chosen one obtained for us his glory. And we will share in that glory as we trust in his gospel message. So what are you going to do with it? Paul says, So then, Brothers, stand firm. Hold on to the teachings that were passed on to you. You've been given 
we have been given a precious gift. Thanks to God for his choosing and for his gift of the gospel, which has given us faith that we might obtain glory with Christ. What to do with that gift? Stand firm. Hold on to it. As I mentioned, the gospel is so prevalent in the lives of Christians today that maybe they lose sight of what a precious gift the gospel is and the gift of faith is. It's as if every Christian household has that same 1840s Navajo blanket. Every Christian household has that 1900s deck of trading cards. Every Christian household has that dollhouse from the 1700s. So they just kind of begin to take it for granted. Instead of holding on to what was passed on and passing on to the next generation, the gospel gift can be something that's treated lightly. You know, in 1700, that dollhouse that was made was passed on from generation to generation in London. In fact, a family decided that they would take that dollhouse that had been in their, their home for so many years and they brought it to an Antiques Roadshow episode in the United Kingdom. And the episode revealed that that dollhouse was actually worth holding on to because it was valued at more than the average price of a typical home in England. And there was a man, another man, who was watching Antiques Roadshow and he saw a blanket that was made by a Navajo in the 1840s. And that blanket he saw was of great value. Then he remembered what he held on to, a blanket that had been passed on in his family since the 1840s, it turns out. And it was, too, also an authentic Navajo blanket. This man was living destitute and squalid conditions because he had suffered an injury and lost a leg and was out of work. But then when he took that blanket for appraisal, he found out its real value. It was something that he ended up actually selling for over a million dollars. And then there's that man who found in his grandpa's attic that paper bag, that brown paper bag with a few trading cards inside. He'd almost thrown the paper bag out, but he decided to look inside and hold on to it. He had it appraised and found out those cards were worth a million dollars. None of them would have had that gift if they had not held on to it long enough. None of them would have realized the value of what was passed on to them unless they held on and did not toss it out or forget about it, or by carelessness, let it decay. The gospel treasure is something to be held on and valued. It brings us something far more glorious than what those trading cards and blankets and other items brought. And don't misunderstand, holding on to the gospel is not the same as putting it under some special protective case, like a dollhouse that's to be treasured and merely looked at or to put a blanket behind some protective display as a million-dollar item. No, the, the gospel is something to wrap yourself in in its warmth. It's something to use and to open up and to enjoy and play with. It's something to meditate on and to admire and use and show others and to pass on. Because through the gospel, the message of the chosen one, and God's choosing us, we obtain the glory that is with our Lord Jesus Christ. How do you hold fast? How do you stand firm in what was passed on to you? Many Christians have so many Bibles, 
scattered throughout their homes. They don't even have the ability to account where they are. Can you? Some Christians have received instruction and it was passed on to them in their youth. But do they continue and hold on to that? Do you continue to gather with fellow believers for Bible study and hold on to the truths that were passed on to you, the precious truths of the gospel? And do you hold on to scripture as you find yourself opening it up, meditating on it, making it something that you invite into your home and into your life? The gospel is a precious gift. You know, the Olympic team for the United States that was running the relay race in 2008 made a terrible mistake. Every year since 1912, the men's Olympic relay team had gone on and advanced to the finals, but not in 2008. One of the runners dropped the baton. And surprisingly, the U.S. women's relay team happened to do the same thing that very same year because one runner failed to pass on that baton, or one failed to hold on to what was passed on to them, they failed to advance and the race was lost. We have a precious gift with the gospel. Thanks to God for his choosing and his calling. Hold on to that gift. Don't drop the baton, but hold on to it. And join with me and join with all the saints as we recognize this great gift. Lord, forgive us for the times we did not treasure this gift of salvation and your choosing. And we pray together with Paul and with all the believers. May our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God our Father, who loved us and in his grace gave us eternal encouragement and good hope, encourage your hearts and establish you in every good work and deed. Servants of the Lord, you have been called called to faith. Hold on to the scriptures and that gospel treasure. Amen. Oh, my precious Savior, this is my humble plea. Prepare